Hey everyone and welcome to Pageants and Prosecco. This is officially episode one. Holy cow. Holy cow. Well, technically it's episode two. If you watch my hello and my welcome, or not watch it, I guess, listen to it. (laughs) My hello, my welcome. This is Brittany Nicole Brooks. Someone knows me. Some people know me as Brett depending on who you talk to. But I am excited to talk today about Miss America and to kick off my Patches and Prosecco podcast with you guys. Thanks for listening so much. I'm so excited. Real quick, so this podcast is dedicated to pageants and wine. Prosecco is an Italian sparkling wine, one of my favorite things to drink. But uh, each episode, I will have something different, teach you a little bit more about wine, a little bit, you know, tell you what I know about it and we're going to talk about this pageant industry and we're going to talk for real about this pageant industry some other people might fluff it up but you know there's real problems going on in the pageant world like in today's episode of course but it's beauty in it and then there's you know the problems with it and it's not like the problems are terrible problems it's just more so like for me as a contestant as a fan of pageants I'm just kind of sick of seeing girls have women have terrible experiences or just awful experiences or questionable experiences right like it's just one thing after another and it's just coming to light now so I'm glad that God blessed me with this vision now to come out with this podcast so we could talk about it And so we can kind of spread more light on the problems and, of course, the beauty in all things pageantry. So, let's get started. Today, on this episode, I am drinking a Petite Syrah. And this is a red wine from Bogle. Bogle is probably one you've seen everywhere. B-O-G-L-E. They're from Clarksburg, California. And a Petite Syrah is the American name for the Durif grape. D-U-R-I-F grape. And it's mainly made in California. And sometimes it comes um, dry. I don't think I've ever had a Petite Syrah that was sweet, but they are, like, juicy. They're really juicy. And they're really good. It's red wine. It's kind of like a Pinot Noir and, like, a Cabernet mixed. Like, it has the heaviness of a Cabernet, but the lightness and the juiciness of a Pinot Noir. So, it's called a Petite Syrah because it's the smaller version of Syrah or Syrahs, which is the name of a grape. So, whenever I say I'm drinking anything, that's the name of a grape. So, you guys might know grapes as like Concord grape juice. That's a grape. And there are some Concord wines out there, but there's like thousands of different types of grapes. So, the name of the wine is Petite Syrah. 
well, the name of the grape is Petit Syrah. The name of the wine is Bogo Wines. So like Chardonnay, Cabernet Sauvignon, Pinot Noir, Riesling, Gertz. Those are all types of grapes and ultimately types of wine. So the Petit Syrah is P-E-T-I-T-E-S-I-R-A-H. It has like sugar, plum in it, blueberry, dark chocolate, black pepper, black tea. Like I said, it's very fruity, um, very fruit forward. It means you taste the fruit immediately as opposed to like an aftertaste. And it's mainly available here in the United States. Um, sometimes Australia might have some and France will also be a good one too. Pause. So going into like the history of Petit Syrah, it was created by a botanist in France around 1880, and it's a cross between Syrah, S-Y-R-A-H, and a rarer type of grape. I don't even know if I could say it right, Pelerisin, something like that, P-E-L-O-U-R-S-I-N. It came to America mid-1800s, and that's where it got the name Petit Syrah. Of course, with red wines, you kind of want them to be like room temperature, so like 55 degrees, 65 degrees, or you can even leave it out. If you left it out in the glass, it'll just get more air and um, decant it, which is adding more air to it, get more flavors, flavor to it, and open up the aromas. So sometimes they say you can decant it, which is a decanter is an instrument you use to pour a wine in it. You might have seen it at like wine stores or restaurants. It's like a glass, like flower base looking thing and you put the wine in it and just opens it up because the the grapes have the juice has been sitting in the bottle for so long that you kind of want to just like wake it up a little bit some people even throw their wines in a blender that's to each its own but it softens the taste ultimately um what else about this grape that's pretty much it it's very good this one i got for 9.99 at the grocery store and it's really nice really delicious Great with red meat. Now, let's talk about Miss America. And I'll be sipping on my Petit Syrah in the meantime. So, I'm not going to go into all the logistics of what's going on with Miss America and Kara and Gretchen and Regina going back and forth but Kara has a point and I really hope I'm pronouncing her name right and she came out with a letter to her fellow stake title holders just listing her experiences as Miss America and just telling us for real for real for real for real what's going on and she talks about being bullied she talks about being degraded. She talks about being silenced under Gretchen's and Regina's leadership. And some people are calling Gretchen and Regina like the mean girls. <laughs> um, but she talks about like how she doesn't feel like she's Miss America and that there's only one Miss America and it's not her. Hinting at Gretchen, you know. She says that it's unprofessional. And then, like, she just lists so many things in this letter about how she's silenced, ultimately. And to me, that's just super sad because 
she's Miss America. Like, you only have this opportunity once. You only get one shot. Do not get your chance to blow. And I feel like Gretchen is blowing her chance to really make a difference as Miss America. She's the first one from South Dakota to win in a while. She was, um, I guess, ultimately the underdog going into the competition. She competed in Miss America system since she was a kid underneath the teen program and um, the princess program. And it's just like, just to have the opportunity to finally win this dream you've been dreaming for, you know, years, for decades, 20 years for some of these girls. It's just disheartening to know that this is your year. And it's heartening to know that it's because of Sam Haskell and his unprofessional emails and Gretchen Carlson and her, um, I guess in the words of Kara, disrespect, passive-aggressive behavior, belittlement, and outright exclusion. So, what's, you know, like, like, what's really going on, you know? And this stuff blew up really November or at the end of last year is when an email started with the former um, president CEO Sam Haskell and the way he talked down to the former queens calling them all types of stuff and then it just kind of just kept going all year and Grant Carr got crowned last September the emails happened like three months into her reign and then Gretchen and them came on board and it's just like her whole like literally the entire year for her has been piss poor and it's just super sad and I just can't stand it so the letter got sent out August 19th and grant the girls the contestants the year contestants arrived on August 30th today is Monday September 3rd it's Labor Day and I decided to do the podcast today because on Wednesday is preliminary competition is when it starts so I wanted to mention Miss America today so I could post this and we could talk about it before prelims start. And then I'll come back with you guys afterwards. And, you know, keep up, keep updating you on competition and whatnot. So Kara came out with this letter on August 17th, just like two weeks before the girls even arrived. She had been silenced all year down to the 11th hour, really. And now she's coming forward talking about her experiences and it's sad for the contestants who are walking into this because not only did Gretchen change the scoring system on them a lot of the girls are one under one scoring system and have to compete for Miss America under another they don't even have practice preparing they haven't even prepared and performed to win underneath this new scoring system and I'm not sure how clear they are on it but I'm really not clear on it myself and it looks foo-foo to me. Um, let me look for it real fast and I'll mention it. But the way that she explained it was that there's no swimsuit. We know that. But now, um, evening gown, what was evening gown, is ultimately like an outfit of choice option. Or it was something like that. But now... I guess it is evening gown again. And then for prelims, 50% of prelims is talent. So, like, you got to come correct. (laughs) 
or not at all, really. And then there's going to be a portion on stage where the girls not only answer an on-stage question, but they have a discussion with the judges, so they're talking more on stage. That part I'm here for. Like, I do want to hear more of the girls talk than just a sentence. I do. Sometimes I can't imagine someone talking. I'm like, oh, this girl is so pretty. And then they open their mouth. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. what just happened? <laughs> like, what was that? So, um, I do, I am a fan of them talking more on stage and to hear from them. But I think I could ultimately be a question and answer period. I don't know why it's twice. But uh, ultimately, on pageant day, we're going to be seeing a top 15, a top 12, a top 10, a top 7, a top 5, fourth runner-up, and so on. And based off the scoring system that I'm looking at here and the books that they gave them, so Miss America will receive $50,000. We know that. The first runner-up is going to get $25,000. Second gets twenty. dollars 15000 for the third, 10000 for the fourth runner-up. Um, and then the two semifinalists, ultimately the people who get cut after top five, or no, top seven. Oh, my gosh. So the two people who get cut from top seven are going to get $8,000 each. So $16,000 for them. The people who get cut after top 10 going into top seven <laughs> is going to get seven thousand dollars each um which equals twenty one thousand dollars the that's three people two people <laughs> who get cut from top 12 to top 10 those two people who get cut are going to get five thousand dollars each and going from top 12 to going no going from top 15 to top 12 the three people who get cut are going to get four thousand dollars each and then everybody else who got cut the other 36 candidates who didn't make top 15 are going to receive three thousand dollars each the three preliminary talent winners are going to each get two thousand dollars the three preliminary on-stage question winners are going to get $1,000 each. And the four talent, non-finalist talent winners are going to get $1,000 each. And then Miss Congeniality herself will get $2,000. So altogether, you're looking at $302,000 in scholarship money going to the Miss America contestants. Which is a lot. And I'm glad they, that they broke this down, they're more transparent, because I don't know if we had these numbers before, um, but I do know that Miss America was always getting $50,000, but I'm not sure how much the other one are getting. So if you do well enough to make top 15, you're ultimately going to take some money home. And you don't have to make top 15, because if you win prelim talent award, you will still get $2,000. And if you don't make top 15, I mean, you're still walking away with some money. And then all the contest contestants get $3,000 minimum. So that's pretty good that they're going to spend $108,000 altogether to uh, the other 36 candidates. So people, so I mean, all the women will be going home with some money, which is great. Which is what the pageant is based off of. That's what they should do. If they took that away, I don't know how many girls they would have competing. 
However, now look at this. So we have a top 15, top 12, top 10, top 7, top 5, 4th, 3rd, 2nd, 1st, winner. So there's plenty of room for people to shine. But what are we doing between top 15, top 12? How are we cutting that? How are we cutting top 12 to top 10? How are we cutting from top 10 to 7, 7 to 5, and if the runner is up? How many categories are we going to see on TV? You know, we have talent, answers, question, this interview, this outfit of choice. So are they cutting it after each round? Like, what's going on? Okay, and then look at the scoring. So, during prelims, however you do it during prelims, and remember each girls have three days of prelims, and they do two events each day. They do interview, you know, like interview their swimsuit, swimsuit or evening gown, answers question or talent. So they alternate. They don't do all the prelims on one day, which I think is great. I think it's kind of a, uh, I think it's hard too, because I competed like that before, and that means every day you got to be on it. You don't really get a day off, you know, for like four days straight. Um, so it's good and bad to that. But, I mean, that's ultimately what you're competing for. You're competing to be Miss America, you know. So you got to work. You got to hustle. But it's just, that's just me, you know. Some days are easier, like, I just can't imagine have, waiting to do interview for three days. Like, in the first round of girls go... And then you just sitting there waiting, and then you can't sleep, like, because you got interviews still, and then you have to worry about your talent one day, and then, uh, it's just, I mean, you got to focus on take each day as it is, but I think that's just hard. But, um, Miss America, the prelim score, whatever, however you do during prelims, 25% of that goes to your, if you make top 15 on finals night, 25% of your score comes from your prelim composite score. Okay, so we're not starting over from zero like in past. In the past, you know, you competed all together during prelims. Top 15 gets cut, scores get erased, and then you recompete starting at zero. Nah, not for this one. So 25% of their prelim, 25% of their final score comes from the preliminary competition. 25%. 30% comes from talent competition. 25% comes from this on-stage interview. And then 20% come from evening wear that is listed, which is what I was saying. We thought it was like an outfit of choice and you could wear whatever you feel confident in. But now it says evening wear. So I guess they took it off or changed it up. Because I, I heard some people saying that they're going to wear like pantsuits or... Who'd say you don't feel confident in your pajamas compared to your evening gown? How can you compare evening gown to someone wearing um, a pencil skirt or something, you know? That's where I was at, too. But now it says evening wear. So preliminary composite score, talent, on-stage interview, and evening wear. I guess that's how we're going to cut from top 10 to 12 to whatever. So 30% is the highest category, and that's going from talent. I guess they really want someone with talent, you know. But, I, I mean, I guess. I understand. I understand. I'm just kind of excited to see how these women do under this new pageant. And I've been watching the girls since they arrived a few days ago. Just to see, like, are they happy? Are they confused? Are they faking it? 
I'm just, you know, that's me. Um, also something new. These girls have black sashes compared to their traditional white ones. And it doesn't say miss on it. It just says their state. Uh, I actually kind of like the sashes. And I don't think that the sashes have to say miss if you are a contestant. Because at this point, you're a contestant. You know, like, you're not the winner of your state. You're back as a freshman, ultimately. You know, you're a contestant. So, I'm I'm okay with them not saying miss. I do like that they're black. Um, I just think it's different. I don't know. And I guess I like the color black. Like, black's not a bad color, you know? <laughs> I don't know why I was just, like, afraid of stuff. But... So we have three groups. The Moo group is Delaware, Mississippi, Vermont, Indiana, Texas, South Dakota, Kentucky, Oregon, Montana, Hawaii, Wisconsin, Rhode Island, D.C., Colorado, New Hampshire, Maryland, and Ohio. That's the Moo group. M-U. The, I'm doing it backwards, sorry. The Sigma group is Louisiana, Tennessee, North Carolina, Arkansas, Nebraska, Massachusetts, Nevada, Connecticut, Oklahoma, Alaska, Pennsylvania, Idaho, Georgia, Maine, Missouri, Arizona, and West Virginia. And then the Alpha group is everybody else. (laughs) So you're looking at Virginia, Iowa, California, Florida, New Mexico, Michigan, New York, South Carolina, North Dakota, New Jersey, Wyoming, Utah, Minnesota, Alabama, Washington, Kansas, and Illinois, my home state. I'm rooting for Illinois. I know, I don't know her, but I know of her in the state, and I know she's been working for this for a long, long time. I remember when she was a teen, so she's been in this pageant for some years. She got some history on her. So I'm cheering for um, Illinois Grace. Um, Karuchishan. I don't want to mess it up. But, and then just looking at the girls, um, I'm going to wait. Um, I kind of want to tell you guys my top ones, but I don't really know the girls like that. And I kind of want to wait to after prelims to get my prediction. But, um, yeah, I'll do that. I'll just wait to after prelims to get my prediction because I don't fully know the girls, and I haven't studied on them to know. I just always want to cheer for the home state, Illinois, regardless. I don't care if I don't think that they can win. I'm going to stand for them regardless. And speaking of standing with them, you know, a lot of states have stood with Kara, and that's a hashtag, stand with Kara. Um, so far, I believe this is updated. I think it's 31 states. Oh, no, 30 states as of August 23rd. 30 states and 23 forever Miss Americas and almost 21,000 people have stood with Cara as far as having Gretchen and Regina step down from their post and let someone else come in. You know, a lot of people from the board resigned and they're adding new people every day. This is just too much going on too close to showtime for me. Had all this happened a few months ago, maybe. But at this point, we're days out. And we're still going through this. I think Regina and Gretchen should step down. I, you know, thought this was also growing pains, too. When this all came out, I was like, maybe 
they're just not used to this. Um, and made it just uncomfortable with changes. I really thought I was all for Gretchen, you know, someone in the public eye who was Miss America running the pageant looks great on paper. But after seeing and hearing from Cara about her experiences and reading this letter, it was a really long letter. I believe it was five pages. But when I saw it, it was just like straight, you know, a full article. But I think it was five pages. But it looks like the pageant is coming apart, you know, at the 11th hour. And so I want them to step down because I think it's pathetic that your title holder has to silently tell her story while she's still a title holder. That means something is seriously wrong. It's wrong, period, to have to come out after a pageant, your reign's over, to say, hey, you was mistreated. But to have so much strength to come out while you're still the reigning queen and saying that, you know, something's up, it's big. And I don't think we've ever seen this before happen like this on this scale, so I applaud Kara for doing this and for breaking this mold. But you know something's wrong, obviously. And... Uh, like it's it's like common sense. If you're if I'm in charge of something, if I'm in charge of a person, and this person looks bad and goes to the media behind my back, then clearly I'm not doing something right. Like she needs Gretchen and Regina need to look inward and be like, okay, what are we doing? Because I feel like they're just like playing defense, and it's just like obviously you're not fit for the job you know, 20,000 people aren't going to lie. And how many um, board members I say step down? 23, Miss, 23 for, forever Miss Americas agree. 30 states agree. Like, this isn't happenstance. You know, they didn't just make this up. Obviously, you're not doing what you need to be doing. And you know, shot to being fired. And, like, you're in the public eye beefing with your queen. Like, I I don't understand how that's even, how are we even allowing this to happen? Like, (laughs) does that not seem weird to anyone else? Like, your queen is mad at you. And she, this is on TMZ. So I would step down just out of embarrassment for Gretchen because the only thing that her one job is to be in charge of Miss America, the organization, and the face of Miss America, Kara, is not happy with it to the point where she has to go public. People are only silent when they feel like their voice isn't being heard. I think Martin Luther King said that. You know, protest is the voice of the voiceless, something like that. Protest is the voice for the voiceless or something, something like that. If you know it, you know, don't don't judge me. If you know the court, don't judge me. But she won't be doing this, Gretchen, if there wasn't an issue. And I'm pretty sure this isn't the first time you ever heard this from her. Like, I'm sure there was some internal conversations ahead of that. And, she, and then, Gary even mentions that, too, in her letter. That she hadn't talked to the ladies since June. The letter was written August 16th. And let me look at it. It is five pages. I'm looking at it now. I believe she says she hasn't even talked to them. Yeah, she says, as organization that values their employees, 
as an organization that values their employees takes the time to communicate with them. Prior to the July 25th Miss America orientation, which was in Florida, Regina hadn't spoken to me since June 6th, and Gretchen hadn't spoken to me since June 15th. This is on July 25th. So you're telling me you're not even talking to your title holder? This is at least June 15th to July 25th. That's like three weeks. And then poor um, Regina from June 6th to July 25th. That's over a month and then some. You ain't talking to your title holder? Like, what's what's going on? Like, like you guys aren't even communicating. How? If I ran a pageant, you not going to not talk to me? Like, who are you? Like... That's why I'm saying like this, this, and this letter, like I, I, I said, go find it somewhere. I am on, um, a website. You could, I mean, you could easily see what she wrote in this letter and it's just scathing and it's just pathetic that she even has to go this far. I feel like she's warning the contestants to not win Miss America because you're going to have a hell of a year, you know, and that's just really sad because the pageant stands for so much. And that's kind of where I want to conclude this podcast um, until, you know, we get more information and until finals is that I feel like a lot of women believe in something so much and we put our heart, our soul, our sweat, our money towards these pageants and these pageants don't put it towards us and you see what you can do as miss so-and-so let me go ahead and sit my petite you see what you can do as miss america or as miss usa or as miss united states or as miss black america or as miss black usa or as miss earth or as miss world or as anything you see what you can do with a title and the pageants stand for something, you know, Children's Miracle Hospital, heart disease, um, eco-friendly ways, alternatives, community service. These pageants stand for something, but it's the people in charge of these pageants that's messing it up for everybody. Everybody. And it's just like you don't want to stop competing because you're only getting older. So let's say a pageant does get its life together and you just stop competing. By the time it gets life together, you could be almost... 30 and age out and they're just like well I missed my shot so I might as well take my shot while it's still going through problems because you can't make change from the outside so a lot of people compete hoping for a different outcome than what they've heard or what the previous title holder has said or what's going on but I don't think a lot of times that change is happening you know and I come from a contestant perspective and as a pageant, uh, somewhat of an expert, I guess, in this field because I've been in pageants for so long and I write about pageants and I work for a pretty large pageant company, media company, and it's just like I see it, I hear it, I digest it, and I'm just kind of sick of it. These directors are just doing the most and taking our money and our hopes and dreams with them as they go on vacation. Uh, Who knows what else? And it's just so hard because you just want to do so much. And pageants, I don't know if they were like this back in the day, but it's just 
well, I guess back in the day it was probably more silent and more hidden, but it's just like suspect. And I hate suspect pageants where you don't know if the winner truly deserved to win or if the results weren't rigged in the way or not, or if the winner didn't just compete so many times in a row and now she's won. Like, does she know the system or did she just pay her dues to the system and now finally they're going to give her the crown? You know, like, uh, it's just heartbreaking. It really is just heartbreaking because there are some good pageants out there, but it's just like, where? I feel like a lot of pageants have their problems and some of the problems are costing the contestants and it's costing us hope, you know, like. Some people really do want to be beauty queens and make a difference. But it's just like, how? You know, like how? And now me, I'm trying to figure out which system I'm going to compete in next. And I don't want to compete in a system that is foo-foo. I'm I'm just not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to compete in a system that is suspect or that some contestants this year had poor experience with. Because then, if I have a bad experience, that's going to mess up my mindset. I'm not going to win. It's a waste of time. But I still have a dream of being a beauty queen. You know? So, it's just like, I can wear my visible crown all I want. But I still want to compete. I like being on stage. I like performing. I like working out. I like training. I like preparing for it. But it's just like, my choices are narrowed to which pageant is legitimate enough to crown me as a one a black woman um because that's a whole other discussion too but who's going to be willing enough to crown a black woman who's somewhat petite in this world and don't cost six thousand dollars to compete you know and i'm just like and i'm aging out I don't want to get my age out, but I'm close. I'm, I'm not close to 30, but I'm in my mid-20s. I'm in my quarter-life crisis years. And uh, it's just like, you know, there's only so many pageants out there. And then I don't want to be like a random title, you know, Miss Face of Beauty North Continents USA 2018 to 2019. Like, that that's just a weird title for me. I really want a regular, degular Miss So-and-So, plain and simple. I don't have to question it. There's no Miss So-and-So, North Continents, U.S., one, two, three. Yeah, those patterns are... <laughs> uh, anyway, 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 anyway. So Miss America is this week. It's in two days. I am super excited. And I can't wait to watch this unfold on TV. I wish I could be there. I tried to be there this year. Couldn't make it happen. But I'm excited to see what's about to go down. How it's going to go down. And I'm excited to hear people's reaction. I'm going to try to watch it and, you know, scroll on um, social media and Twitter to see what's going on. Because I'm excited to see (laughs) your reaction to it honestly so prelims start on Wednesday and each group does you know two sets of prelims a day I'm trying to look for the schedule real fast 
but I'm not finding it anymore. Yeah, I'm just kind of excited for this year. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I really am. And I really hope that whoever wins, it makes sense. Um, And that I hope all the girls understand how they're competing. That's my biggest thing, too. That they understand, like, the phases of competition and how it's going to work and whatnot. All right. I'm going to close this podcast by just saying, you know, we can do better as a pageant community. I stand with Kara. And if you're a director, listen to this. Like, let's get it together. Please, for the sake of me, let's get this together. Because it's kind of embarrassing and it's kind of awkward. Right? Don't you think it is? (laughs) All right, you guys. I hope you finished your glass. And I hope you enjoyed chatting with me today as we talked about Miss America and pageants and petite Sarah. Who are you cheering for? Hop over to my Instagram, pageants and Prosecco. Just how it sounds. Prosecco, oh, obviously it's on there, P-R-O-S-E-C-C-O. And find me on Instagram. Follow me and comment on the Miss America post. Who are you cheering for this year? Who do you guys have winning Miss America? And also, what are your concerns going into competition and watching the show? Do you have any concerns? Let me know. It's been great chatting with you guys. Hope you finish your glass. And I will talk to you later. Cheers!